It's the third hour first up here on TSN 1050. Karolnik and Koliakovo. Some Nelly to kick off our number three of the program. A request from our Reveal That Raptor winner, Adrian De Silva from Mississauga. Winning a pair of tickets to see the Raptors and the Pelicans on February 23rd. How Adrian won the tickets? Quite simple. They listen to the pod, right? And every Thursday, we're giving away Raptors tickets on the First Stop podcast. We include a clue to the identity of a mystery Raptor. If you figure out who the mystery Raptor is, you go to tsn1050.ca. It's exactly what Adrian did. So the Raps and the Pelicans on February the 23rd. So, Coco, yesterday was the first day of spring training, official spring training for the Toronto Blue Jays. And I received a call from Al's brother yesterday. Calls me on his way home from work. And he poses this question to me. And I'm curious to know your response. So much positivity, optimism, just brimming from the Toronto Blue Jays. I think rightfully so. They made some really good additions to their bullpen. We know the trade for Dalton Varsho. Kevin Kiermeyer signed as a free agent. Brandon Bell at first base. Loves chicken tenders and loves winning World Series. Who has the better chance to win it all? Is it the Blue Jays or the Maple Leafs? Al's brother believes it's the Blue Jays. I think it's the Leafs. If I had to bet on one of the two, which side are you on? Wow, that's a really good question. Uh, I mean, can I answer neither? <laughs> well, no, you're talking about better chance between the two to win. And, and let, me, let, me, let me frame my argument. The, Blue, the Toronto Maple Leafs are already in the playoffs, right? So like, yeah. you know they'll be at least in the dance. The Jays, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that can happen over 162 games. Injuries, uh, who knows? I mean, a lot of a lot of weird things just along yeah. the way struggles. So I think you have to give the Leafs the edge on that front. But you look at the odds on FanDuel, the Leafs are 10-1 to 1 to win the Stanley Cup. The Jays are 15-1 to 1 to win the World Series. So it's not outlandish, but Al's brother was arguing that the Jays in the American League, I mean, the Yankees are not better than they were last year. Should they be the betting favorites to win the division in the AL East? Probably, but the Jays have a legitimate shot to win the American League East. And once you do that, I mean, you, you're, you're right there. You don't have to win nearly as many games against nearly the difficult type of competition that the Toronto Maple Leafs will have to do to win it all, right? Okay, so help me refresh my memory with the baseball playoff Ooh, format. Good luck with it's, that one. Not, I'm not going to help you with that. I have no idea. Okay, so it's three wildcard teams. It's the three division winners and the three wildcard teams, correct? Yes, Josh? Yes, Josh is nodding his head. So, so that's true. six teams that make the playoffs on each side versus eight teams in the National Hockey League that make the playoffs on each side. So I think just that alone gives the Maple Leafs a better chance, just based on what you said with the Leafs already knowing they're going to be in the playoffs. I think, too, that you're you're talking about a Maple Leafs team that has had most of its core together longer, and they've actually won playoff games. That is Not true. series, games. <laughs> And so you kind of hope that there is that breakthrough. You hope that it's this year or, or in the coming years. The Jays, I mean, with this group, they've really been to two playoff series. And they haven't even won a game with this group. And you're talking about the changes that this team has made with their lineup this year. I mean, are we talking about changes that 
are we hope are going to take this team to the next level, or are we talking about changes that might see some chemistry issues like the Calgary Flames are going through this year? So I guess just based on what I've been trying to process right now, I would think the better chance would be the Toronto Maple Leafs um, that have a better chance of winning than the Toronto Blue Jays. I guess my issue with the question at hand is there's so many unknowns as well with like both the Leafs and the Blue Jays. There's still a lot of time to go for the Toronto Maple Leafs. We have no idea what the team will look like after the trade deadline, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we could have a completely different answer if they go out and trade for Timo Meyer. I don't know if that would make a significant adjustment in their chances to beat a team like Tampa Bay, but I think what is most daunting about what the Leafs are facing is just a gauntlet of awesome teams in the Eastern Conference and then perhaps inevitably the Colorado Avalanche on the other side in the West. So you're talking about a possibility you play Tampa, Boston, and Carolina, or Tampa, Boston, and the New York Rangers. At best, you've got a coin flip in each of those three series. Do you really win three consecutive coin flips? It's just, it's difficult to foresee. Maybe you win one of them. Maybe you win two of them. But a three and then the cup final, too, it's just a, it's a massive, massive task for the Maple Leafs. Not saying they can't do it, but it's going to be very challenging. For the Jays, I mean, they've got a ton of young talent. We know the rotation that they've built with Gosman and Manoa, Chris Bassett, the, uh, the fresh signing from the Mets. And if Jose Barrios can be <gasps> Jose Barrios again, all of a sudden you've got a four-headed monster that's as good as anybody in Major League Baseball. So I just think the... The trajectory, to use that term, of the Jays is higher. Maybe the upside of the Jays is higher. And I totally get what you said about the Toronto Blue Jays never having won anything in the playoffs. That's absolutely true. But, I mean, it's also baseball where it's weird. It's just, you know, a couple good pitching performances. Your bullpen gets hot at the right time. You can win a lot of baseball games. Mm -hmm. And we have seen teams emerge from relative obscurity to go very deep in the postseason. So I think I would probably... Maybe I might even like reverse my pick here and go with the Jays. I'm starting to talk myself into it. Really? Look, I it's it's a tough question to answer because we're talking about two Toronto teams that have has not had playoff success, right? Uh, with this with this group of players, and you hope that that fate changes this year. But it's really, really. I mean, last year before this, they had, before there was even a pitch thrown. In the regular season, you had most baseball experts picking the Blue Jays to be World Series Some. champions or World Some, Series yeah. contenders. And I'm thinking to myself, whoa, hold on a second here. How are we automatically labeling this team? What type of success has this team shown it's had in the playoffs? And people forgetting about the Houston Astros and the New York Yankees and you know, some of the other, you know, teams that, that have been contending over the last couple of years in the American League. So Look, I, I, at some point, you got to hope that, you know, the, the, uh, what do you call it? Um, the ceiling gets reached for mm-hmm. these teams. But until we get there, it's going to be all speculation. No, you're right. And, and I think with regards to the Jays and Major League Baseball as a whole, I mean, this is a season that I am really looking forward to because a lot, a lot of the rule changes lend themselves right. to, Added intrigue in the talk around camp yesterday, John Schneider and the Jays, like they're going to be stealing a lot of bags this year. And in part, that has to do with the pitch timer and the rule throwing over to first base and, of course, the new bases. All of those rules lend themselves to more activity on the bases, more hit and run and stolen bases and things that have kind of 
disappeared from the modern baseball game, right? It's home runs and walks, home runs and walks, and how I get that's that's just the focus of every team, and that's how the game has trended. But I think a lot of these rules are going to benefit the Toronto Blue Jays because they've got some great athletes. You think about George Springer and Varsho, Kiermaier, Espinal. I mean, even Whit Merrifield. That guy can steal bag with the best of them. Matt Chapman, even uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., I was looking last night, had eight stolen bases last year. So you're talking about, and, and I think Bo Bichette would also be a guy who could steal a lot of bags too. So if you're seeing this team running a lot, I think that brings you back to the, the glory days of baseball, at least for you and I, you know, the late 90s, early 2000s, where guys like Juan Pierre were swiping 60-plus bags. Juan, Juan Pierre, so, so skinny. There. I don't know how that name came to my head. Luis Castillo. Remember yeah. uh, the Florida Marlins from back in the day. But yeah. I, I love what baseball has done. You know what the craziest part is? The pitch timer. In the minor leagues, they introduced that last year, reduced the game time by 25 minutes by, on average. Huge. 25 minutes. Baseball is so long. It was yeah. so long. But I think Rob Manfred, and we both have been very critical of him over the years, these new rules that have been implemented will lend itself to fan enjoyment. At the end of the day, that's the most important thing for a sport, for a commissioner, to make sure your, ha- your fans are happy, and I think baseball fans definitely will be. 20 fingers. Clip that clip. We are going to email it to Gary Bettman so Gary Bettman <laughs> can get a listen as to what fans want to see for enjoyment for the game, not what he wants to see and what he believes <laughs> his people are seeing about the game. It's what fans want to see because, again, baseball is another great example of sports making changes, sports leagues making changes to make the game more exciting for fans. And, and what makes things more exciting for fans? Well, would fans pay a ticket to go and watch the game? They want to be entertained with Offense with plays. Dingers. They don't want to see. Dingers they don't want to see four infielders stacked on one side of the infield, yep. and a guy hit a ground ball to one of those guys and call him out. The guy just that 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 batter might as well just stay in the dugout and say, "Okay, just record an out for me because I can't hit it past these guys." Well, how does baseball fix that? They say, "Okay, we know what we're going to fix. That we're going to allow everybody to stay in their position. No shifts." Now it's up to you to make the the hit that you think you can make and get yourself on base. And between that and the bases being increased, that's the one thing I wanted to bring up with Buster the other day. I'm like, well, the, with the bases right now being larger, that's that's going to increase the amount of stolen bases we see this year because you remember, you know, if you, if you look at some of the guys that are thrown out, it's it's inches they get thrown yep. out by. Well, now if they can reach the bag quicker, they're going to be more safe. There's going to be no stacked sides of the infield, so there's going to be more balls that go through the infield. I love this for the game of baseball. At the end of the day, as great as pitchers are in the game, people want to go to the game and see offense. And if this allows that to happen, and they also want to go to the game and be out of there in three hours or less, not stay there for four or five plus hours. So I like the changes baseball are making because they're trying new things to make the game more exciting. It's time for hockey to do the same thing. There are a lot of very smart people that watch and cover the game of hockey that every year are making great suggestions to help make the game better. And it's not make the game better for the team that they like or the team that they follow or the team they talk about. It's to make the game better for everybody in the league so there's better competition, there's more exciting games, there's a better understanding of the rules, and there's a better format for playoffs so you actually have the better teams that actually invest and sacrifice and play well in the regular season 
give themselves a better path to success in the playoffs, not so that you run into playing a top-five team in the first round. You want the top teams in your league to play longer because usually the top teams have the better players in the league, and that just is great marketing for the game. Hello, Gary Bettman. Clip this clip again, 20 Fingers. <laughs> Send this clip along with AKs as well, too. Yes. Hopefully he can open it up today and get his day started off well and actually meet with his owners and say, guys, we need to make changes to our game because there's ways it can be better. Well, we'll get into Gary Bettman's new adversary on the other side because the NHLPA appointed Marty Walsh as their new executive director. I'm curious to know the implications of that from your perspective, but I think you're spot on. And Rob Manfred, say what you will, the commissioner of Major League Baseball, took a ton of heat the last couple of years, and rightfully so. But I think one thing he really embraced was embrace the obvious. And the obvious is your games were too long, and things like the shift and the way the game has trended in Major League Baseball is not conducive to the fan-viewing experience. And some of the changes they made, I think, are really going to pay off. That being said, I mean, there's going to be some stuff early in the season that will be wonky. I know Kevin Gosman has already been asked about his throwing motion and how he sets up and how that might be a problem for box. And, you know, Chase fans probably won't like that. But in the long term, this is something that absolutely will pay off for Major League Baseball. And I think you're spot on when you say Batman in the NHL and think about all the stuff the NBA has done as far as initiatives to grow their league. The NFL, I mean, we don't even need to. The NFL, every other league, after every season, they listen to some of these suggestions that are made about improving the game. They have a discussion about it, and if it's worth changing, they do it. The NHL, it's like, oh, yeah, no, we listen to it, we hear it, but the people we talk to say there's nothing wrong with it. Who the hell are you talking to? to well, you're not I'm, listening I'm to the fans who are you talking to so M- marty walsh announced yesterday as the new executive director of the nhl players association i wonder what impact he could have as far as altering how things go in the national hockey league the cba ooh, 2026 so we're still we still got some time of labor peace in the national hockey league there's no pending lockout on yeah, the horizon that's, that's- that's Gary's strategy, too. Say, okay, if we're going to change this, well, what are you going to give us back? It, well, that's it. It's always Why does everything have to be a negotiation? Come on. So we'll get into that on the other side. We've got Jamie McLennan as well in about 30 minutes' time. We'll tell you about Tiger Woods, when he tees off this morning, and what he was able to accomplish yesterday as well in the first round of the Genesis Invitational at Riviera. Hour three, off to a roaring start here on TSN 1050. We'll be back with more after this. This NHL 2000 that we're getting yeah, ready to play right now? Maybe <laughs> 2002. Yarmir Yager to Peter Forsberg. That's a goal oh, for my team. Uh, back on first up, Karolnik and Koliakovo with you. The song is Breathe by The Prodigy. It's a request a from Rob song. from Ottawa. We've got, what, six segments, seven segments to go here this morning. So keep the request coming. 10, 50, 50, our man. 20 Fingers will compile them and we'll play uh, them as we come along. What's that other famous song that uh, they used to play in the NHL games? Are you listening? Whoa. Oh, what a track that is. Well, there's also Who sings song that one? two by Blur. Blur, that was always yeah. Played in those games. I spent so much time, mostly in university, playing NHL. Like an unbel- unfathomable 
amount oh, of buddy. times. Like, hey, you guys want to go to the bar? Absolutely not. We're playing NHL all night. Right. <laughs> I remember when they came out with Xbox Live, and you could actually oh. play people like mm-hmm. on the internet through Wi-Fi, and that became like the biggest obsession of mine. Because you know, you 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 go practice in the morning, you go do lunch with the boys, you come home in the afternoon. And you're like, okay, what am I going to do for the next four hours till, till like, we hang out at dinner? And you log on to Xbox Live, and you start finding these other pigeons on online, and they like you'd battle with them. And I hated playing the guys because apparently there's, like, uh, points you accumulate for wins, right? So midway through the game, if you're beating a guy, he'll quit the game oh, so yeah, he doesn't rage lose quit. the points. A rage quit. Did you play as yourself? Like, did you move Carlo Koliakovo up to the top line or top no, D no, pair no, or whatever? No, no, no. Never did that. <laughs> I was always a top D pairing, anyways. I didn't need to move myself up one, there. One year, one year, couple yes. years, couple years. Yes, <laughs> Jimmy Eat World. That's what it's uh, oh, called. Jimmy yes. Eat World. We'll play that yes. for uh, in our next segment coming in. It's a request from you and I. A text coming in from St. Catharines. A great point. It's something we most certainly will do this year. The idea of us taking on two listeners, playing a two-person best ball, the winner gets some kind of prize, having listeners get a chance to play around with you beauties would oh, be yes. amazing. We uh, called it the Bricklayer. The Bricklayer Brick, Invitational. The, you know, <laughs> we steal from Biz and uh, Ryan Whitney. Uh, from they were the Sandbaggers. We're the, the Bricklayers. Sandbaggers, we are the Bricklayers. Yes. And we will most certainly do that this year. We're working on a bunch of different things contesting-wise. And I think taking on two listeners in a best ball will be. Uh, we have to do it. It has to be a monthly thing we do. Has. To. I love that idea. I love. Has that idea. to be a monthly. Hopefully, thing. they're members at like you know St. George's or Devil's Pulp, and they take us out there. <laughs> That'll be an yes. easy way to get us to come out. You know, yes. at a very prestigious maybe we'll golf get our, course. Maybe I'll get a good friends at Golf Town to sponsor it. Um, I think that's a fantastic idea. Yeah. It'd be an awesome idea. I can't wait for it. It's a great way to get out, enjoy golf, and interact with our listeners and create some great content. Like, think about the content we can create. Me chirping you, yeah. you chirping no, no. the other we're team. A, we're on a team. We're on a team. We're I know, but other. still, I mean, it'd be fun chirps. And we'll have 20 fingers be our caddy. He'll carry our bag. Oh, my God. Chrissy, that'd be Chrissy, hilarious. You, uh, thumbs up on that idea? No, he's shaking his head. He's Come on, anymore. 20. Oh, that's disappointing, Chris. Oh, personality. <laughs> I think you want to be part of team first up. Uh, we've got Jamie McLennan in about 15 minutes' time. I wanted to get your thoughts on the new executive director of the NHLPA, Marty Walsh. I know you're very dialed into the Players Association. Uh, it's a recent player. I mean, you only, re- you only stepped away from the NHL, what, six, seven years ago. So, and I know during Has the lockout. Has it been that you, long? Yeah, we played with Buffalo, what, in 2016? 16. 2016, so not far away. Jackson from Oshawa could be the first uh, participant in the uh, Bricklayer Invitational at Scarborough Golf and Country. We got to manage the handicaps, though. Like, we can't be. Of course, of course. Can't be having scratch golfers play against us. No, no, no. no it's no, not no. happening. Well, we'll be scratch golfers by the end of the season no. with our great stuff from Golf Town. But as far as Marty Walsh, and if you don't know the name, he was part of Joe Biden's. On a group of cronies, I guess you could call him the former U.S. <laughs> Secretary of Labor, and he uh-huh. replaces Donald Fear. The current CBA is set to expire in 2026. What do you think this means? Like, I know you talk to a lot of players around the NHL as far as the game today and potentially the game in the future. To be honest with you, AK, I'm not really sure what it means today. Uh, because I think it came as a surprise to a lot of people in the membership, and I think. As stated on Insider Trading yesterday from CJ, I think 
the the initial uh, reaction is you know surprised, but the, I think the 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 initial response from a guy like Marty Walsh, who's taking over, is to get to know the membership, right? Understand the the the, the hockey framework, what the players want, what the game is about. Where the where the game sees itself going in the next year. So I think honestly, like when you ask what does this mean, it's it's hard to say right now what this means. I think him taking over Donald Fair is is an amazing thing because he comes with a lot of credentials in in negotiations because you know he was probably part of a lot of the things that you negotiate in, in government so mm-hmm. that's something i think a lot of players are excited to learn about but ultimately at the end of the day right now for marty walsh it's about creating relationship with the membership of the nhlpa and creating relationship with the players and getting a better understanding of where they want to go and what they want to accomplish and one thing about Marty Walsh, the former mayor of Boston, apparently a massive Bruins fan. So oh, awesome. that's not good news. You guys need any cap exceptions? Yeah, between him and <laughs> Jeremy <laughs> Jacobs. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So uh, it's an interesting story uh, for sure. And I, I think of Donald Fear, and it's just like the name that kind of gives me the cringe a little bit because he was, think of how many shots on TSN we saw on SportsCenter and Insider Reports about Fear and Bettman negotiating back in 2014, that just horrendous lockout that was going on and just all that stuff that was transpiring. Donald Fear was the uh, was the adversary of Gary Bettman and Bill Daly. And mm-hmm. uh, now that he's gone, I mean, and hopefully it'll usher in a long and sustained period of labor peace in the National Hockey League because the L word can never and should never be mentioned again in the National Hockey League. Jamie McLennan in 15 minutes will fill you in on what to expect from Tiger Woods, his 180 mile-per-hour ball speed, pounding drives past Rory McIlroy. Wow, I can't say that that name anymore. Rory McIlroy. (laughs) I should just say Justin Thomas. That's an easier name to say. Uh, We'll hear from Tiger on the other side. He tees off at... 1024 Eastern, which of which course is everybody Pacific? knows. 724 yes. Pacific time. Got uh, it. No arrogance, as I mentioned <laughs> that there. Uh, we'll get to that story on the other side. McLennan in 15 minutes. First up, TSN 1050. If you listening, whoa. There it is, little Jimmy Eat World. As I go try to pick my head-to-head matchup as I'm the St. Louis Blues <laughs> and some other pigeon is trying to be a top, like he's probably going to pick the NHL All-Star team to play against me in Xbox Live. Which is the I worst, those right? Guys. Yeah. I really miss those days playing NHL in university. One person texting in from New Brunswick. In university, we would pregame NHL on 10-minute games and you need to guzzle one beer per period. During gameplay, no exceptions. You would need to let the Hold controller on. go to Before take school while playing. Like university, you know, like a, no, pregame, like, you know, a pre-drink. Oh, okay, right on, right on, right on. I see. I thought uh, it was pre-game like Pre-game is the class. American term. No, well, that was like before class. I'm sure a lot of what? people were doing a lot of stupid things before <laughs> class uh, in university. And, I mean, the amount of NHL play I played, I mean, I told you this before, I got up to 98th in the world on Xbox Live in NHL 2009. 
Are you serious? Yeah, man. I was a serious NHL player. 98th in the world? I did crack the top 100 briefly. I remember losing to wow. some pigeon. And I, I, killed, I was done. I couldn't get back. I, I'd won, like, I don't know, a bunch of games in a row. It was unstoppable. Uh-huh. And then, I don't know, I, it requires a lot of time and effort and cannabis. <laughs> wow. That's, that's insane. So I remember uh, my wife's cousin... Uh, was a diehard NHL guy, and like he always looked up to me as like a famous celebrity because I played sure. in the NHL. And every time we would go and get together, he'd always have his Xbox out and be ready to play me stuff. This guy would kick my ass playing the game. He was just like he'd do all these like you know the moves and the toe drags and the spinoramas and the sauce. I was like, dude, how do you know all these moves? He's like, I practice a lot. And I was like, well, yeah, <laughs> no kidding, I can see that. He would just dummy and like. He was a guy that I would always try to connect to. This was before cell phones actually like were easy to get a hold of people. Like you'd actually have to call the house line and say, "Hey, is Kevin there?" Can you wow, I remember the Xbox days? Live. <laughs> but uh, it's funny because even back in the day, there was a group of buddies of mine that used to play tournaments. They'd set up tournaments, and it'd be like you know twenty to fifty dollar entry fees, and you'd play like you'd do six and eight man tournaments to the point where we we take we took those tournaments to bars. And we would set up these NHL tournaments in bars on big screens and stuff like that. And I would show up there, you know, there'd be like 20 people that entering this tournament. And I show up, I'm like, okay, who's ready? Who's Let's ready go. to take a shot at the gray bush over here? <laughs> and uh, and uh, people would be like, holy cow, I'm playing against Carlo Koliakovo. And like, I, w- I-, I considered myself a good Xbox NHL player. But, dude, there was people that showed up that were yeah. just out of this world. Do you remember Good. the Entourage episode where Turtle was taking on that guy in like, the boxing <laughs> I game? I just recently yeah. watched it, and, and they convinced like, them they had to do a drug test. Yeah, a drug <laughs> test, and he brings a bottle of urine, and the woman's like, dude, this is Xbox. What are you yeah. Relax? But Turtle just gets absolutely bludgeoned Dummied. by the kid, yes. and that's pro- that was probably you. Uh, yes. <laughs> in the, we did have some tournaments back in the day in university. I remember, I, I think it was maybe the New Jersey Devils, and Yannick Perot at the end of his career was still so... So good at face-offs. Had like a 98 yeah. rating. Put him yeah. on the penalty kill. That guy won every single draw. Shout out to Yannick Perot, one of the great yes. face-off men in the last 25 years. So the other thing that we used to do too is like we used to get together in like groups of three or fours, and we'd actually play on the same team, and each guy had their own player. You ever done that? Oh, that is intense because some guys are just like can't. Like if you're a defenseman. You're like always rushing. You're going full Eric Carlson. Yeah. Like, dude, someone's got to defend our net. Right. What are you doing? Right. And, and that that became very very challenging. But there's so many ways that you could great stuff. You know, have fun playing. You know, uh, Xbox or PlayStation on with with the NHL games. Somebody just texted in saying in 2013 he was a top five winger in Ooh. the EASHL worldwide <laughs> on Xbox Live. Yeah. That's insane. Five winger. Do you remember oh, the Madden bus that they used to have for Madden games? Oh, Absolutely. man, I miss video games, man. Yeah. Never play once played a – what are the games they play now? Um, like like World – like uh, Call of Duty. Scott and – The Last uh, of Us is a big one. 20 Fingers should turn on his microphone. He's our Fortnite. Video Fortnite's game. the one that Fortnite, a lot of people play. Yeah, is yeah. that still a, re- a big thing these days, Fortnite? Yeah, it still That's, is, apparently. It's massive. Josh 20 Fingers, what are you, you – you're still a video game guy. What's, what's your go-to video game? Uh, mostly sports games. 
So you're a FIFA guy, NHL guy? What are you? Lots of FIFA. Lots of FIFA. Wow. That's awesome. 20 Fingers is the man. I used to play a lot of Tiger Woods as well. Wasn't that good at it, but... I love golf, as uh, as you're well aware. I played a lot of uh, the video game version as well. And, I mean, Tiger Woods, it was like he was out of a video game yesterday, no pounding drives, 300-plus yards. like he was playing with, Golden Tee, where he was just, he like, was spinning that ball. Just smashing <laughs> drives past McElroy, past Thomas. Honestly, I was stunned with the way he looked yesterday. He tees off at 10.24 Eastern time, so we're just under two hours away from... Tiger, JT, and Rory going at it again in round two. Uh, McElroy and Thomas both three under par. Or is McElroy four under par? I can't recall the final birdie on 18. McElroy's four, under. four I four. think. So they're four yes. under, three under, and Tiger under. is two under. And hopefully he makes the cut. That'd be awesome. I want to see as much Tiger as possible. And I think this lends itself. He's able to get through four rounds. You know, maybe he plays with the players. And he'll be at Augusta National for sure in April. So... A lot of positivity, trending in the right direction. We know this is a guy who's dealing with plantar fasciitis and some significant injuries beyond that. And if he's able, if he's able to ramp it up, and maybe that leg is better than he anticipated. And I think everybody who's a sports fan, everybody loves a comeback story. The redemption Absolutely. of Tiger once again in 2019 at the Masters will be hard to beat. But if he's able to do it again, even at the Genesis... If he were to somehow win this week, which is quite unlikely, let's be honest here, he'll need some miracles. Uh, he'll need to go really low. I don't think he can go that mm-hmm. low. He needs a harder golf course, and he never really, never really performed well at the at Riv anyway. So um, that could be challenging for Tiger. But make the cut, play four rounds, and I think that'll help you build a lot of momentum heading into the second half, uh, or I guess the early parts of the season, and hopefully mm-hmm. the first major coming up in April. Also coming up, Jamie McLennan from Overdrive. Love talking to Noodles whenever he's available. We lock him in, and that's what's coming up on the other side. We'll talk to Matthew Rudy as well on Tiger and what we can take from yesterday and what to expect today. Plus, Mark Kestisher, who's calling the NBA All-Star Game live from Utah. He's up at 9.30. First up continues, hour number three, next. You're listening to First Up here on TSN 1050, Aaron Karolnik, Carlo Kuliak. You're also listening to Blake Shelton's All Name the Dogs on All Request Friday. It's a, it's a one for Michael, who is getting married on Sunday and says they will play our podcast at the wedding. Michael, little piece of advice. I have never been married. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't play the first up podcast at your wedding. That would be a very, very poor decision. But you know what you could play at your wedding? Overdrive's podcast, because you could hear our next guest as part of it. It's Jamie McLennan here on First Up. Noodles, ha- oh, he's not there. Okay. Okay, guys, come on. <laughs> Man, that is, uh, I don't know what the hell's going on behind the scenes. You there. wasted it. Anything. That's it. Like, I told, no one told me anything. Nobody segue. told me anything. They told, they told me he was there. They told me he was there. And, yeah, 20 oh, fingers. No, no, no. He that's threw up really, the wrong finger for you. He, no kidding. He tried boys. to throw that's up tough. the one to, to stop, I mean, and he threw up the how thumb much instead. Be- how much better could I possibly do 
welcoming in noodles, and I now know. we got to figure out a new way to do it. But That's in okay. any case, do well, not play the first fingers, up podcast. Man, it's hard. It's hard to pick which finger to throw up at the <laughs> at the right time to get you to the, go. The, the, the long weekend started earlier, early for our technical staff. But, but I mean, p- playing the first up podcast at a wedding would be like, why are these guys playing pigeon or peacock instead of you know some dance music? Like, that'd be a poor decision. <laughs> well, maybe they want to play the shout out. Right, the shout out to maybe they will play the show. Mike out. requesting this song for his lovely fiance Mackenzie as they get married on a Sunday, Sunday wedding. I can't say I've ever been to one. So yeah, uh, well, no, but, I've been to a lot of Sunday weddings. Very, very common in the Jewish community. Congrats yes. and good luck to the lovely couple. Michael is listening, and he'll hear Jamie McLennan right now. What's up? What's going on, Jamie? How are you? Uh, not too bad. How's everyone today? We're good. Awesome, we're buddy. Good. TGIF, man. TGIF. It is Friday. <laughs> uh, before uh, we were talking, just before we brought you on, we were talking about a listener who wanted to give a shout-out to his fiance. They're getting married on Sunday, and he said if he got the shout-out, he would play the First Up podcast at their wedding. I mean, wow. I'm sure you've seen some... <laughs> I'm sure you've seen some things at weddings. Uh, anything as preposterous as playing this show as part of the ceremony. I mean, if it's in the background, is it during the nuptials? Like, I, I need a little context of <laughs> what he's going to be doing. This. And literally, <laughs> like, you're, you know, you're about to kiss the bride and you hear a bang in the background. Like, <laughs> yeah, maybe that, that, that might come a little bit later. Uh, <laughs> exactly. So, I don't know. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, a, it's a questionable one. Uh, let's start with uh, what happened last night in Calgary, Jamie, because I know you're very close to yeah. Daryl Sutter and the Flames organization. And Daryl was not a big fan of his goaltending he got last night and probably his goaltending he's gotten for most of the year. Chrissy, why don't we play the clip from Daryl Sutter and we'll have Jamie respond. So much talk going into this game about goaltending. I'm assuming you didn't see goaltending as the main reason you lost tonight. Well, it certainly didn't give us an opportunity to win, did it? So it was Vladar last night, Noodles. Uh, Markstrom's had a tough year as well, and they made such significant changes in the offseason to their forward and defense groups. I mean, what do you make of what's going on in Calgary right now? Well, yes, you need a save, absolutely. And you look at their last road trip, there was a time. You're you're up 3-1. You end up losing 4-3 in overtime in, in Ottawa. Like, in watching that game, they deserve to win that game. They couldn't get a save when they need it in the last three minutes. And as we all know, I mean, I've joked about it uh, extensively on everyone's show, is the league shouldn't be National Hockey League. It should be National Goalie League. Because (laughs) if you have goaltending, no problem. It it, it covers up a lot of the messes and things that happen in front. You only notice it when you don't have goaltending. And in Calgary, there's a lot of inconsistencies and you know, you get guys that are trying to still settle into their new environment and haven't played to their potential. And, you know, Rasmus Anderson coming back helps. But at the end of the day, underlying numbers, this is where we, we always argue about, you know, underlying numbers and really just eye test and, and where you are in the standings. You know, Calgary's numbers are pretty decent. Guess where they are? They're on the outside looking in and, and battling for a playoff spot. They're kind of lucky that Minnesota and Nashville are, have been playing so bad recently because, yeah. you know, they're still in the fight. If they were in the East, they might be in one because, you know, Detroit's won five in a row. Ottawa's about six points Florida's back. Florida's back in the race Florida, again. Uh... Like, you've got all these teams out East that are now, you know, two to four points uh, in, in separation where in the West they're starting to be a little bit of a separation, although I think St. Louis is trying to make a game of it. But, uh you know, Calgary's kind of lucky that they've, you know, hit the ditch 
and, and you know, still aren't losing a ton of ground in that race. Noodles, you having played for or worked with Daryl Sutter, do you think he's a shelf life coach? Yes, I think everybody is. But, you know, with Daryl, it's probably, you know, three to five years in essence when you look at it because of how he prepares, how he, what he asks out of people. But it's funny, like, I see a lot of the narrative, and it's usually the idiots online out in Calgary that are, you know, all of a sudden Daryl Sutter's a bad coach. So how do you go right. from winning coach of the year to, to being a bad coach? Uh, right. I don't think that happens. I, you know, he's a really good coach, but you're right. Shelf life does come into it. Today's athlete that wants to whine and complain, yeah, that might be in there as well because, you know, you, you, a coach asks you to do a little bit extra and – you know, maybe they don't feel like doing it that night. But, it's too hard on you now. <laughs> yeah, it might be a little too hard. You know, don't want to, yeah. don't want to, you know, have have too much uh, duress. Uh, you know, don't want to work too hard on that particular night. I don't know what it is to be honest. Like I'm, I'm tongue in cheek and joking about it, but it's more about, you know, there's something there, and it's clear. I mean, you lose Johnny Goudreau, you lose Matthew Kachuk. Those were two guys that had north of a hundred points last year and were impact players and settled into that system. And, and listen, it was their right to move on. And, I, you know, Johnny chose to be an unrestricted free agent and go into Columbus and, and, and be closer to his family. Matthew at least showed respect and said, hey, I'm not going to sign a long-term uh, contract here, so go and get what you can for me. Nazem Kadri chose to sign there after winning a Stanley Cup. Now, all three of those uh, new players that have come into their environment in Calgary – have had sporadic seasons. And you, know, you could throw in Mackenzie Weger in there as well. You know, Huberto's got, what, 36 points in 52 games. Yeah, now, not good. You know, <laughs> exactly. That's not good. Not at all. <laughs> I mean, considering he's a guy that is supposed to be an elite uh, puck distributor. And, you know, you look at Florida, Barkov, they had that magic between Barkov and Huberto. You know, has Huberto created any magic with anybody in Calgary? So, you know, it's it's easy for people to lay blame just on the goaltending. And believe me, the goaltending needs to be better. But how about the players that are getting paid a lot of money and accepted those contracts, you know, maybe get their act together on a consistent basis, and you might see a little bit more consistency in, in the points and the standings for the Flames. Our guest is Jamie McLennan, TSN hockey analyst. You know him from Overdrive 4 to 7 here on TSN 1050. And that trade, the Kachuk, Huberto, Uyghur trade, I mean, we loved it. I mean, here sure. at TSN, I mean, think about how much, how much, how many times. The last time we saw a blockbuster like that in the NHL. <laughs> Exactly, and I think everyone's in favor of these huge trades, Jamie, but at the same time, if you're Florida, you're Calgary, I mean, I think you could probably make an argument that both teams, if they could go back in time, they'd be like, eh, you know what, what if we just didn't make that trade at all, and we just go back to the way it was, and I understand there was the Kachuk factor where it wasn't going to sign long-term there, but I think it also goes to show, and to bring it to the Toronto Maple Leafs, for instance, Sometimes when you make this significant move, you make a trade, you lose guys from your core, and you bring in people you're not familiar with who haven't been assimilated into your foundation, into your culture of your franchise, it doesn't necessarily work out as well as you might have hoped. And I think for Florida and for Calgary, at least to this point, Jamie, those will be two good examples of that. I agree, although Kachuk has pulled his weight. You know, that guy's, you know, he's literally... Top five in points. You know, that's, but it's Uyghur. That's the problem. Like, you know, Uyghur in his setting, they, Florida desperately misses a guy like Uyghur on the back end. 
And because they're pressed up in the cap, because they're paying Sergei Bobrovsky to wear a baseball cap, ten and a half million, uh, that's tough to do. Because I thought you were going to say baseball glove too. I thought you were going to say baseball. Glove. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's you know they signed Spencer Knight to an extension, so you know eventually they're going to have fifteen million dollars in net next year. And you know I think Knight's a really good young goaltender. Bobrovsky's the guy that they they spend a boatload of money to bring in and to stabilize that organization. He had a good season last year, up and down again this year. So, you know, it, it's throughout the league, the consistent narrative, too, is if you get some saves, it, it saves a lot of people like us talking about, geez, what's wrong with that team? Because, you know, as O-Dog always says, uh, you know, great goaltending performance can keep everybody out of the video room. And, you know, it, it, it's so true when it comes to, both those organizations, I watch Florida and, you know, they've, they've been picking it up lately, but the other night, Spencer Knight had a, a tough night and they, they couldn't get a save. And that's the biggest challenge. So yeah, both of these organizations, if they had a do over, I think Huberto and Barkov was just such an elite pairing that it has been a, a battle for Jonathan to settle into Calgary and find that, that chemistry right away. And the other thing I'll throw on top of that, too, is the difference in the conferences and the way they play. So out west, it's a little bit more crash and bang. There's a little bit more straight-line hockey. And, and in the east, you know, you are seeing a uh, little bit more puck possession. I don't have the numbers to suggest that. I'm just talking from eye test. I, I've always felt there was a difference between east and west in the style that they played. 100%. I don't know, Carlo. Yeah, I think, Carlo, you would agree with that. Yeah. Um, you know, with the St. Louis's and Minnesota's. and Dude, you know, I remember Tuesday. back in the day going through the Western Conference, like the Western Road Trip, L.A., San Jose, and Anaheim. Like, you were lucky to come back in one piece after going on one of those road trips. Now, not yeah, so much nowadays, be, but... Yeah, it used to be murderous row out there, exactly. Oh, but just the style of play, some of those teams, the way they were built is a little bit yeah. more physical. They like to play physical, just a different style of game. But, you know, it, I, I look at just... You know, how these teams are struggled. Yes, would they like a do-over? I think maybe in the short term, absolutely, because, you know, Goudreau's kind of gone on to, he's a point-of-game guy in Columbus, but Columbus is doing what they're doing this year, and they're going to be worth, they're trending to the bottom. And, you know, Florida's had such a, an inconsistent season. They've had injuries here, there, yeah, yes, but they've also, they're just missing pieces that they couldn't replace internally from last year. So, um, you know, I think Calgary's in one. But like I said, I'll come back to the initial uh, comment is they're lucky that the teams around them are kind of in one right now as well. And that's Minnesota and Nashville, because if those two teams were on, boy, they'd be a lot farther out of that picture. No kidding. Well, Noodles, just quickly before we let you go, I want to do your level of concern right now with the Maple Leafs goaltending situation. You've watched Matt Murray play for a number of years in Ottawa and, He's a guy right now that you know had an injury in a pre in a warm up or the was a pregame skate um, against the Ottawa Senators. We haven't seen him since. It's been almost a month now. Where's your level of concern with Matt Murray in the Maple Leafs goaltending situation? Well, with Matt Murray in particular, it's always a concern just based on what we've seen the last couple of years of his health. That's what's concerning, and it hasn't been. You know, they didn't acquire a guy who had for example, a bad back or a bad knee, you know, like, like something that was on record. You're like, okay, you know, you're, you're wondering if this guy can hold up. There's been a bunch of different injuries, unfortunately for Matt, where 
you know, it's, again, your upper body, lower body, but you hear behind the scenes, okay, well, it's, it's this particular thing or it's this particular thing. So you're, you're, it, it's not like he's got a, a scenario where it's just, okay, he's got it's a mystery you know, every a, time. Right. We're talking right now about Patrick Kane. Well, everyone's focusing on his hip. Right now with Matt Murray, you're just not sure what is ailing him. Right now it seems to be the ankle, but it, it, before it was like middle body somewhere, groins Adductor, or whatever. Yeah. Adductor. So my challenge for him is can he be healthy at the time you need him most? Like regular season, we talk about it every day. Regular season, Toronto Maple Leafs, nobody cares about in the sense because they know that this team is good in the regular season. So, you know, you're not worried about lose a couple games here or there. You're fine. Go on a winning streak. Everyone's happy and all that. But really, when this team is going to need goaltending, is he going to be available to them? Uh, and, and if you want to go on a deep run, is he going to be on a, available to them on a, on a deep run where, where if, you, you, if everything lines up, you end up playing 20-plus games? Is, you know, is he a guy that could give you that, or is he going to be a support staff? And, you know, hopefully that Samsonov can carry that load. So level of concern, yes, I'm concerned. But it's more about the health of the player because when he was playing, he was playing pretty darn good for the Leafs. Jamie, always a treat to have you on the show. Thank you for doing this. We'll be watching at 4 o'clock on Overdrive. Have a great family day weekend. Let's do this again soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. See you, buddy. Always a treat. Jamie McLennan, Overdrive TSN hockey analyst. We've got Matthew Rudy coming up in the fourth hour of the program. And Mark Kestisher live from Utah, where the NBA All-Star Weekend begins later this evening with Scotty Barnes in the Rising Stars competition. Fourth hour of First Up begins next on TSN 1050.